Have the New Orleans Saints figured out all their red zone problems thanks to one Taysom Hill? Is Blake Groupie about to get cut? And are the Saints able to actually compete in the NFC? Or is this really just a fluke and winning a low division? Let's talk about it right here on the Straight Up Saints podcast. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast. What is up, Houdet Nation? Welcome back inside another edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast. I'm your host, Chris Wazwogu, and as always, we're brought to you by Scott Fickner, Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured in any kind of accident, car, truck, 18-wheeler, or hurt offshore, Scott Fickner handles it all. You give him a call at 504-500-1111 for a free consultation. They'll always fight for the win. It's a victory Monday for the second week in a row, which is always a good thing because no one likes talking about a loss on a Monday, especially if it's frustrating and you start stringing them together. And Lord knows the Saints did that earlier this year when they had a stretch and they lost four out of the last five. But now they're winners of their last two, beating the Bears yesterday. Albeit it was not pretty. It was a game that they should have won by a lot more, especially when they were plus five in the turnover margin. And you only win by seven against Tyson Bajan and the Bears. Not ideal, but I always say you take the win any way you can get it. And then you try to build upon that and get better the next week. And the Saints will absolutely have an opportunity to do that against the Vikings, but I don't really want to talk about the Vikings game too much yet. That's what we have the rest of the week for to kind of preview what is a really fascinating game, especially because you have the Vikings same record five and four playing some of their best football. Uh, now they're going to have a decision to make on Justin Jefferson and whether or not he plays that game because of the hamstring injury. But again, like I said, we'll discuss at a later date. What I do want to talk about right now though, is Taysom Hill talked a lot about him yesterday. Not done yet though. Talking about number seven and what he's brought to the New Orleans Saints, because I think Taysom Hill has been the biggest reason for this little two-game win streak that the Saints have had, in large part because he has unlocked that red zone offense that was just jammed shut for about two months. And now they're not. They finally feel like when they get to the red zone, man, they, they got a shot for seven here. And I didn't think they did earlier this year. The red zone offense was putrid. You had cars sailing, passes out of bounds. You know, the old line wasn't old up. They weren't running the football. Well, now they are running the football, whether it's with Alvin, whether it's with Taysom. They're giving a little bit of variety now. Derek Carr's finally standing in the pocket stronger than he used to earlier this year. Maybe that's because Pete's at left tackle. So shout out to Pete because he's been way better than Trevor Penning was earlier this year at that spot. So kudos to him for really stepping up this season. But it all comes down to Taysom Hill because since week, uh, since week seven, excuse me, Taysom Hill's got five touchdowns, three rushing, one receiving, one passing, and the Saints offense prior to that point, and I think it was all the way up to week eight, they were ranked 27th in red zone scoring, which is obviously horrible if you're going off touchdown percentage to be 27th in the league. But if we just go off yesterday, three of five, and one of those drives, by the way, is the one where you kneel it out. So in reality, you're really three of four. If the Saints wanted to possibly score another touchdown at the end of the game and risk losing it in the process, yeah, they could have. So really three or four in my mind with a victory formation-esque drive on the fifth one. And that's three or four touchdowns. Not three or four just scoring any points, field goal, touchdown, whatever. That's three or four touchdowns. And I think when you're putting Taysom out there, you're putting defenses in a bind. And I think yesterday the Saints, because they threw it at the goal line, that's something teams are going to account for too. Because if you're thinking run, run, run every single time, you got to sneak one out the back door and throw a pass, which they did. And honestly... I think they can continue to do that. And I've always said, you don't want to copy other teams' formulas because not not what something that works for Team A might not work for Team B. And some teams can't do the tush push. The Saints aren't trying it, nor should they. 
because they got Colin Saunders. And that's kind of their X factor in terms of what's that unique play we could put out there. And we put defenses in a tough spot because we could run it with them as the lead blocker. Then we could slip him out the back and let him and let Tyson Hill throw the ball. And so much attention goes towards him. Juwan Johnson gets wide open. So it's just for me, the variety that Taysom Hill's bringing to the Saints offense is something they did not have earlier this season. The usage keeps going up. And look, stats are stats. And for some people, they're a little misleading, right? But numbers do never lie. And the Saints are 18-1 and when Taysom Hill gets at least seven carries in a football game. Yesterday they had 11. It's just the way he controls the game keeps them ahead of the chains, gives them that kind of injection of life when they need it. That's Taysom Hill in a nutshell. I think he is just so dynamic for this team. And like I said, this red zone offense earlier this year, God, it was tough to watch. Now, when the Saints get in the red zone, obviously you're excited anyway because you want to see the Saints score points, but I'm at the point where I feel like, man, this is going to be seven. And you know what? Maybe maybe this little hot stretch that they're on doesn't last. But the Colts game, the, the Jaguars game, and now the Bears game, they did damage in the red zone. So now it's about being consistent enough to get into that part of the game and then let Taysom Hill uh, take over. And I know there's like a lot of talk about Derek Carr and Taysom Hill and people talking about whether or not that, you know, Derek likes Taysom getting carries, this and that. I have no idea about what that is and whether or not that's true. All I know is the body language on the field right now for this Saints team is tremendous. It is tremendous. You know, you got Derek Carr running up and down the sidelines when Taysom Hill throws a touchdown pass. You got Michael Thomas giving out a, a speech talking about all that matters is wins. And that's coming from a guy who had zero receptions yesterday. That is leadership. And that's why I've always said with the Saints, it's going to be very hard for them to lose the locker room because of the guys they got in it. Whether they win or lose, they just have too many strong guys, too many guys that have been around the block, know what is required to win in this league. Mike being one of them, Taysom being another one. And now we got to see, can they start to build off that? But Taysom Hill, no doubt in my mind, has given the Saints a lift in the red zone department. Now, someone who's not giving the Saints a lift, someone that I think probably should be on his way out is Blake Groupie. I was wrong. I thought Blake Groupie was going to be the next really good kicker for the Saints. I thought he won the preseason battle. I thought Dennis Allen made the right decision to go with him over Will Lutz in the, in, uh, you know, the immediate future because, man, he was cheaper. His leg looked like he had more just juice to it. And this kid, in terms of just stepping up in the preseason, did it. But you can't simulate pressure kicks in the preseason. Because when you lose in the preseason, it doesn't really affect much. You go back to your, your regular life and stuff like that. When you lose the NFL, you only got 17 of those games. And every single one counts. Man, it hurts. And the one thing I could say about Blake Groupie that really makes me uncomfortable about them possibly keeping him is he hasn't made a single pressure kick this season. In fact, every time he's got a pressure kick, that shit's not going in. He had the, the chance to go ahead against the Packers in week three, missed it. Against the Texans, missed not one, but two makeable field goals. And we all got up in arms about the red zone offense, which was really bad that game against the Texans. Don't get me wrong. But had he made those field goals, had he made those field goals, the Saints could have just kicked another one at the end of the game to win instead of having to watch them throw four fade routes in the final 20 seconds of the game. So that is a game that he potentially cost you. That's number two. And then yesterday, don't let a win over the Bears distract you from the fact that the Saints had a, a chance to put away the Chicago Bears, and they couldn't because Blake Groupie doinked it off the left up bar. So for me, I think. At this point, you got to bring someone else in. 
I'm not saying you got to cut Blake Groupie outright, although I do think they should consider it. But you got to bring another kicker in, make it a competition, see if they have anything. I said it last night on the post-game uh, recap. Brett Maher played really well the first like five weeks of the season for the Rams. Had one terrible game, and Sean, Sean McVay cut his ass that next Monday. You cannot miss field goals at a consistent rate in this NFL and get away with it. And they, you can't miss it when the pressure kicks. And if the Saints are going to be this team that they want to be with really good defense, ball control, you know, use a lot of Taysom Hill, when you got a chance to put up points, you got to put up those points. And if your kicker's leaving them off the board, that's fucking you over. And, and honestly, Blake Groupie, his misses is going to affect the way the Saints are going to call plays at some point. For example, we wanted them to kick that field goal, right? On fourth and one, when they ran it with Derek Carr and got stuffed. After Groupie missed the kick he missed later in the game, I'm starting to wonder if he would have even made the one that they could have attempted there to go up two scores. And they should have honestly taken that attempt to go up two scores. But if you're going to keep Groupie on the roster and there's no consequences to him missing kicks, either you're going to change the way you coach because you don't have any faith in your kicker or you're going to let him go out there and cost you again. Don't let it get to that point. There are kickers out there. I mean, Robbie Gold's still waiting for a phone call. I know he had an interest with the Giants, and then they end up signing Randy Bullock. Go, go get Robbie Gold. This is a guy who doesn't miss pressure kicks, particularly in the postseason, which if the Saints continue to play decent football, they're going to be in just because the NFC South is pretty bad this year. Something I whiffed on. So I think it's time to get rid of Blake Rupi. I know the Saints like the kid, and I'm sure he's a good dude. Teams don't care if your kicker's a good dude if he's missing important kicks. So I do think it is time to get rid of Blake Ruby. And I think for Dennis Allen, if you're not bringing in competition, you're telling the rest of the locker room, you can fuck up at your job. Don't worry about it. You still got job security. And that ain't right. So we'll see what happens. But I think it is absolutely time for the Saints to get rid of Blake Ruby. And honestly, the kicking woes, Kind of goes hand in hand with this question. Can the Saints contend in the NFC? That is the most important question to me because if the Saints, if the goal is just win the NFC South and then just get absolutely punched in the face in wildcard weekend, I don't really love that. That That is the goal of a loser, in my opinion. And easy for me to say, I'm just sitting on a chair talking about the Saints on my Monday morning. So I guess I'm the loser. But I, I think for me, this Saints team has to have bigger aspirations. they got to want more than just getting to the playoffs, just winning the lowly NFC South. And now the question of can they and will they are two different things. Can they? I think the Saints have as much talent as most NFL teams. And I'd go as far as thinking about this yesterday. If the Seattle Seahawks were the wild card team, the fifth seed, and the Saints were the fourth seed, why couldn't the Saints beat the Seahawks in terms of talent level? I think they could. Why couldn't the Saints compete with the Cowboys from a talent perspective? I think they could. But there's one major issue, and it is coaching, and I don't know if it's ever going to change because yesterday was a pretty clear example. They won the game, but coaching wasn't great. That would be the thing holding me back from saying, yes, I think the Saints can compete in the NFC because I'm looking around the NFL, and all these important games comes down to coaching. And honestly, the only two teams in the NFC, NFC right now in terms of coaching that when the playoffs are going to be on the line – I would definitely feel comfortable with. Obviously, one being Kyle Shanahan because the Niners have been consistent getting the NFC Championship game. They're just not getting past that point. And then the Eagles with Nick Sirianni, I can't stand him, but the guy appears to know what he's doing. 
And the Eagles, again, look like they're going to get the number one seed in, in the NFC. Now, Dan Campbell, there will be question marks about the playoffs because he hasn't done it before. Dennis Allen, if he gets in, obviously there will be question marks. He's never done it before. Mike McCarthy has won a Super Bowl, but the last couple of years with the Cowboys hasn't been great in the playoffs. There is Pete Carroll, who is a proven winner. But I still have questions about the Seahawks because every time the Seahawks have to play someone good this year, they lose. Whether it's the Bengals, whether it's the Ravens, and boy, they got tossed around yesterday. That is a question. So I do think, to some degree, there are gettable teams in the NFC. But I think for the Saints, it comes down to coaching. Because I love the talent on this roster, and I love the fact that the Saints are tied for first in takeaways. Because there is nothing, absolutely nothing, that flips a game on its head in the playoffs like turnovers. And this Saints defense takes away the football because that secondary is flying everywhere, whether it's a Debo, whether it's Lattimore. So Marcus May yesterday, Marcus May struggled yesterday. And then he came up with the best pick that we've seen all this season for the Saints. So uh, he's flying around the ball. You still got a rookie in Jordan Howden off the bench who can make plays if you need to. Tyron Matthews, still a savvy vet, although uh, did struggle at times yesterday, obviously, with Cole Komet. This team can take away the football, which is excellent. You got the talent. Taysom, Michael Thomas, Olave, Alvin, Rashid Shaheed, Jawan Johnson. Offensively, we got the talent paired with a really good defense. But it comes down to coaching. And that's why I still have some doubts about whether or not they will contend in the NFC. And right now, I think the answer would be no. But here's the beauty. The next three games for the Saints are going to tell us an awful lot. You got the Vikings next Sunday, a wild card caliber team that just had a really nice win with Josh Dobbs over the Falcons. The following game, you have Atlanta on the road. Winner of that game very well could be in the driver's seat to win the NFC South. And then how do you follow up that Atlanta game? Here's your test. You got the Lions at home. You win that game. All of a sudden, you will prove to some people you are capable for that wild card weekend if you play one of those playoff caliber teams. You couldn't, you can take them down. Until right now, the answer is probably no. But that three-game stretch, if the Saints go two and one in that stretch, really good. If they go three and oh, they will be they'll make the playoffs. It's that simple. Now, I'm not anticipating them going three and oh in that stretch, but can you go two and one in that stretch and get yourself to seven? and I believe five, which will get you a playoff spot with the rest of their schedule. The Rams, who look terrible. The Giants, who just lost Daniel Jones. The Panthers, who look terrible. Uh, the Bucks, who are reeling right now. And then the Falcons, again. Like, that schedule will open up for New Orleans. So, really fun next three games. It'll tell us an awful lot about the Saints. Now, before I get into any comments that you guys have put in the chat, just want to get a quick word from one of our sponsors on this Monday morning. DraftKings Sportsbook. NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball's back and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is celebrating with an unbeatable offer. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for throwing down $5 on the NBA. Win or lose, it doesn't matter. You'll start the season with an instant dub. Basketball's more fun when you're in on the action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code BOOT. New customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly for betting just $5. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code BOOT. The crown is yours. Once again, thank you to DraftKings Sportsbook, as always, for being part of the program. We're going to get any comments you have on this Monday morning. We're going to start off with Brandon says, I've seen teams get turnovers and not be able to score, but if we want to contend in the NFC, we have to score more than we did. Yeah, no doubt about it. 24 yesterday when you force five turnovers is not enough. Now, I think in the grand scheme of things, the Saints offense yesterday looked better than they looked, you know, week one, week two, week three. 
But that isn't the goal. The goal isn't for your offense to look better than, you know, the beginning of the year when it was absolute crap. The goal is when you force five turnovers, you start putting away the other team. And they had so many opportunities yesterday. They didn't do it. Thankfully, they won. Uh, and, and I think the good thing is the Saints aren't stupid. They, they know that there are things that they have to correct. They have to be better in that department. And we'll see. P. Carmichael's had this one good week, one bad week, one good week, one bad week stretch. And, um, you know, technically next week's supposed to be his good week. So we'll see if that happens. Margaret says Taysom's worth every penny he's paid. I don't care what anyone says. Taysom and Sanders are better going left than right for some reason. I think they tried all right side yesterday. It didn't work. Um, interesting enough. Yeah, I mean, I, we'll see if that's going to be a tendency for them. Uh, sometimes, you know, teams just really hit the gaps well. And the Saints don't block up front perfectly. And I think when he got stuffed towards the goal line, that was an example of it. As for your Taysom being worth every penny comment, I agree. Like, people who troll about Taysom's contract and stuff like that, just say you don't watch the games because Taysom's impact on the Saints is greater than whatever $10 million he's going to get that season because the Saints don't win the last two games without Taysom Hill. They just don't. It's the truth. And for the Saints, they have a clear vision as to what they want from him. You know, just because, you know, guys at certain outlets aren't getting to see what type of vision they want for Taysom. And I know, you know, there's certain media outlets that complain, should he be a tight end? Should he be this? Should he be that? Who cares? The man is a football player. That's all That's all it comes down to for the Saints. Hatred's impression says, same, I believe Groupie would make us Saints fans forget all about Lutz. I, I, that's what I thought, man. I thought Groupie was going to be a very good kicker for the Saints, and so far it has been really tough. And I think at this point, I don't have any confidence when he kicks the ball, man, which stinks. I used to have all the confidence in the world in Lutz. Then I lost it when he came back from his injury and he looked shaky, so that was gone. But now with Groupie, no confidence at all. Jerry G says, Victory Monday, Saints are in first place. You bet, Jerry. Patriots Impression says, Bears would have would have, a, uh, would have had a real offense. They would have stolen that game after Groupie missed a field goal attempt. I agree. Uh, my opinion was a better team would have taken advantage, scored, and possibly gone for two and said, let's end this shit right here. Not saying the Bears could have done that, although you know maybe they would have if they were able to. But against a better team, you are going to, you are really going to regret not closing the door if that happens again. You know, if you play the Vikings next week and the Saints have a chance to close the door, you better do it because the Falcons didn't close the door yesterday. And guess what happened? Josh Jobs ran up there and shut it and slammed it on their face. And and that is going to happen to the Saints if they're if they're having a repeat performance of that fourth quarter. Red T says Taysom Hill is the starting quarterback. Dot 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 in the red zone. I agree. His RPO is deadly. Seems like very few teams can stop it consistently. Yeah, and I, I think that, you know, for them, throwing in that pass is going to work wonders because as a defense, you're going to have to account for that now. And if you don't, guess what? The Saints are going to call it. So I, I like I like the RPO concepts. I think it's a good way to use Taysom Hill and keep defenses honest. Yeah, and you got to do that. Uh, Daryl DeWright says, uh, Blake's miss was like an effect considering... We had all the momentum. Yeah, it really did. For me, I thought he was just going to make that kick, give himself some confidence, and just put the game away, and then you just chill for the last two minutes. Then he misses it, and you're like, oh, God, the door's opened again. Demario Davis uh, slams it shut, thankfully. But it's a bad miss. It is the type of miss that should not get excused. I don't care that the Saints won. So we'll see if they make a decision to bring in another kicker this week. If they don't, I think that's ridiculous. But I guess we'll find out on Tuesday or Wednesday. Red T says, I wouldn't say get rid of him, maybe practice squad him. He's still 83%, just struggles on pressure kicks. He's still a rookie. I get that part about the he's still a rookie and all that, but this Saints team's trying to win right now, 
and they can't have any more misses like that. You know, cost them in the Texans game, cost them in the Packers game, could have cost them yesterday against the Bears. They, they just can't afford it. Like, this doesn't mean Blake Coopy will never be a good kicker because the kid's got leg. We saw yesterday, it makes a 55-yarder. But the pressure kicks are a problem. Margaret says, Saints have, have the talent, but I don't think Carr is good enough, unfortunately. Uh, I don't know if Carr's good enough, and I definitely know that Dennis Allen isn't good enough. So the combo of them, yeah, it's, it's just not good enough for contending in the NFC. But the rest of the talent is the rest of the talent on the roster is there to compete. It's just you're not going to win without a quarterback coach combo that isn't good. You know, if you look around the league, pretty much every team has them. Jerry G says we almost had a perfect game. If the offense closed out the Bears towards the end, that would have been a really nice win. Would have been like 31-17. You win by double digits in this league. That is impressive. Obviously, that wasn't the case, though, and, and that's just unfortunate. Red T says, Dennis Allen won't draft a quarterback in the first round, too. I'd bet money on it. He's in love with Carr for some reason. Yeah, there. I just want to put it out from, the, from now. There is no chance the Saints are drafting a quarterback in the first round next year. There's none. I think for the Saints, it's all about either defense or O-line because they got to get better in the trenches. Their pass rush isn't good enough right now outside of Carl Granderson, and their offensive line needs uh, you know, a better either get a new left tackle, get a new left guard. Maybe they move Penning to left guard. I'm not sure what they're going to do with him, but right now he clearly can't play left tackle. The Saints got to get better in the trenches. That's what I, that's where I'd anticipate that first pick going. But I don't want to talk about the draft yet, but I do agree. I don't think they're going to take a quarterback. Hatred's impression says, also, why run Carl on a QB sneak and not taste him on fourth and one? Poor coaching. It is. I, I said it yesterday. You either run it with Taysom or you kick the field goal. You do not run it with Derek Carr. That's just stupidity. Margaret says, I love Campbell's coaching. He is a dog. I agree. I agree. Now he's going to have to prove it in the postseason. But what him and Ben Johnson and Aaron Glenn have done in Detroit this year, that's a really good coaching staff. Like that's the type of coaching staff you can lose both your coordinators in a single offseason because Ben Johnson's a hot name around the block and Aaron Glenn's very respected around the league. T-Mama says, good morning, BKM. Good morning, Houdat Nation. Good morning, Houdat Nation. Red T says, shout out to Pete at left tackle again. Please bench Hurst for Garcia. Hurst is terrible, man. Again, inconsistency with Dennis Allen. Trevor Penning's terrible. He gets benched. That's fine. Hurst is terrible. He doesn't get benched. Consistency is all I'm asking for. I know that's tough for DA, but I mean, them benching Penning really helped the offense. Because Pete's been really good at left tackle, and I can't believe that's a sentence in the year 2023. But it's true. Pete has changed the offense. But Hurst at left guard has been terrible. They can't run the football because of him right now. T-Mama says Vikings uh, are a kryptonite. I mean, hard to argue against that. I mean, the Vikings against the Saints, they've had their number. But we'll see. Sunday's going to be a big game. Those are two teams competing, not just for, you know, wildcard spots, but, you know, in the Vikings situation, I know it seems unlikely without Kirk Cousins, but in the win category, the win department, they're only one back of the Lions. Now, they have two more losses than the Lions, but it's only one win behind them in that column. And they have a really, really good team this year, and I think O'Connell's a hell of a head coach. The Vikings make the playoffs. I would make him coach of the year. That's just my opinion. But the, the Vikings definitely give the Saints fits, and I would not be surprised if that comes up. But Sunday's going to be a huge game. Margaret says, not a chance against the Lions. I, I disagree personally. Uh, maybe I'll eat my words in three weeks, whenever that game comes, three, four weeks, because I forget they got the bye mixed in there. I think the Saints could beat the Lions. I, I think the Lions are, out of the big teams in the NFC, I think they're the most fraudulent one. And the reason I say that is, 
The Lions have not yet, outside of week one, and I know they beat the Chiefs, and that's a big win. Outside of week one, I've not seen the Lions beat a team that I think they should beat in terms of those high-caliber ones, get that statement win. And even in some of their wins, they hang around too much with teams. You know, we got mad about the Saints hanging around with the Bears. The, the Lions hung around with the Josh McDaniels Raiders last Monday night, and I think the Lions are a good team, and they're better than the Saints right now. But in the Dome, yeah, I think the Saints can beat the Lions. I'm not saying they will, but I think they can. I don't think it's like if the Saints play the Eagles, then I'd say no chance. Saints play the Niners, probably no chance. Saints play the Cowboys in Dallas, probably no chance. In New Orleans, who the hell knows? But against the Lions, I think they have a shot because I think the Lions are a team that's really well coached, but sometimes their team just doesn't play that well. I mean, you see the Ravens game, you see the Seahawks game. But again, good team, better than the Saints, no doubt about it. I just think that the Saints in a certain setting could beat them. But again, got to get to that point. We got to see if they can. Red T says, I have a feeling we'll dog walk the Vikings, though. Maybe. I mean, that would be a damn good win for them. Jamal says, yeah, I think Josh Dobbs will run over us. I do think Josh Dobbs, uh, Josh Dobbs will run for a lot. I mean, the guy had seven carries for 66 yards and a touchdown yesterday against the Falcons. T-Mama says, that's a hump they got to get over, beating the Vikings. I agree. Daryl says, question, considering the fact that we have a great secondary, why don't we have a zero blitz? I think it just comes down to schematic things for the, the Saints. And I think Dennis Allen just doesn't like the blitz. I think it's just that simple for him. And I do agree. Like, the secondary is fantastic. Just to put it into perspective real quick, I said the Saints don't really have a good pass rush, which is true. That's how good the secondary is. The secondary has been holding up long enough for the pass rush to get there. When in reality, you want your pass rush to get there fast enough so your defensive uh, backs don't have to hold up that much in coverage. It's been the reverse for the Saints, and that's a testament to how good that their secondary has been. Margaret says, agree on Dobbs. He's a runner, and we can't stop a running quarterback. Yeah, I would not be shocked if Dobbs ran for 60, 70. I mean, Bajan just ran for 70, so Dobbs should be able to hit that number. T-Mama says, Saints need Taysom, and I agree they don't win the last two games without him. Yeah, it's, it's just that simple. It's that simple because he gives them that balance on offense. He kind of sets the tone when things aren't going well. He gets them back on the right track. He's unlocked that red zone offense. There's just so many things Taysom's done for them this year. And I want to say something else about Taysom. And this might be considered a hot take, but I don't care. Because I think it's true. Had Taysom Hill played this style of football 40 years ago, if you go over the history of the league, he actually would make the Hall of Fame. Because yesterday he hit a stat that only four other players have hit. And all four of those players have made the Hall of Fame. So back then it's rewarded. Now it's laughed at as him being some gadget player, Swiss Army knife, whatever. The dude's just a freaking baller. Jerry G says, who that nation is a victory Monday. Let's enjoy it for sure. I mean, if you're not enjoying victory Monday, what are you doing? We need to find the data that shows cars completion percentage over the middle versus outside the numbers. I'm tired of the outside the numbers throws, man. They're not high percentage throws. They're not catchable balls half the time. Now, I think there was a really cool stat that Nick Underhill put up. Let me see if it's still up there. He's talking about Derek Carr's percentage on, I think, what was it? In-breaking routes, maybe? Yeah, Carr was 12 for 12 on in-breaking routes. That's good to know. Like, that, that is very good to know. I'm just tired of the fades to the outside. Give me a back shoulder instead to Michael Thomas. Dial that up. Devin says, facts is victory Monday. Why it seemed like the fan base is down. We won. Uh, was the game perfect? No, but we won. Every team has to improve. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with the sentiment. We all know the Saints have to get better. 
But I'd rather talk about the Saints having to get better in a win than the Saints having to get better in a loss because those losses in today's NFC South, every game is so damn important because all these teams are kind of in a log jam. Not a pretty one, but there is a log jam there. And for the Saints to win yesterday, with the Falcons and Bucks losing, that's really all that matters. Now, next week, that's the opportunity to see if they make those adjustments. Juwan coming back and being healthy is going to be huge down the stretch. Uh, Carr trusts him, for sure. They have a really good uh, you know, connection, and hopefully that helps the, the, the offense in terms of using the middle of the field. And then you got another weapon anyway, and you can't get enough of those. T-Mama says, they must take the ball out of D.C. hands when needed in order to push the ball or score. He can't do it alone. Yeah, and I think the Saints have done a good job of that, using Taysom Hill, taking more pressure off of Derek Carr. That, that's been big for them. Jerry G says, I'd rather take a Saints W than a Saints L. Damn straight, Jerry. Henry says, two things that need to get fixed, and the team is deadly. Olave has to get his head out of his ass, and Groupie has to go. I think Olave is, is getting there. It's still not the early season Olave that we saw, but I think he's getting there. I think the passing game yesterday just wasn't great. And I'm going to go look back and see what happened. I know Michael Thomas was getting doubled. And I know that the offense looked good in the beginning. Didn't look good towards the end. So that's not ideal. But I do think Olave is getting better. We're getting back to hopefully what we saw early in the year. As for Groupie, I agree. He's got to go. Uh, you can't have him missing kicks anymore. Libby says, I'm happy about our win, but it still feels like luck. Possibly. Hard to, hard to really uh, to argue about that. See, Mama says, these wins are different emotion wins. Uh, why would they continue to try proving DC by having to, to run that one yard, really? Yeah, it just was stupid. Run it with Taysom or kick the field goal. But that's it. I don't think there's any other world. I'm not even blaming like Derek Carr. Like, as, a, as a coaching staff, that is, a, that is a really big play coming up because first down can really take time off the clock or kicking a field goal puts you up two scores. Discuss that. Why are you rushing to the line? Like, that made no sense to me. Nicholas says, I feel torn because I really want the Saints to win, but also want the coaching staff to be fired. You can't win a championship with DA. I definitely agree with that last part. But I'm going to be honest, guys. I kind of think the Saints made up their mind anyway and decided they're keeping DA for another year. So the Saints might as well make the playoffs. Like, that's the way I see it. I don't know if I'm wrong on that. I just feel like they decided he's going to stay. Because there has not been an ounce of pressure on him despite the results this year. Team Mama says Sunday is huge for sure. I mean, Sunday's a big game for the Saints. That, that is one to me that is going to determine a lot. You could beat the Vikings. That is a high qu- a quality win for me. You know, how, like in the NCAA, when you get ready for the tournament, they start going through the resumes for teams and, you know, tier one uh, win, you know, uh, tier two win, whatever. It's probably like a tier two win for the Saints beating the Vikings, but it would be a good win. And he says, random thought, is anyone concerned that if the Saints go to the playoffs, then the entire coaching staff jobs are safe? I mean, I think a lot of people are concerned about that, but my concern is I could see them missing the playoffs and still having their jobs saved. So why not just make the playoffs at that point, you know? Who that Nation 97, Saints can beat the Niners, secondary can be had. I, I think actually the one thing I want to say about the NFC, the NFC, those top teams don't have good secondaries. Niners, Eagles, Cowboys, those secondaries are not good. Now, the Eagles and the Niners are going to play the game of we're going to beat you up front so our secondary doesn't get exposed. And more times than not, that'll probably work. But there are vulnerabilities there. And then for the Cowboys, I just think they're not that talented. Like, I think the Saints are talented but don't have great coaching. I think the Cowboys are grossly overrated. Tony Pollard is not, in my opinion, a star running back. I do not think Michael Gallup has looked good in like three years. Brandon Cooks finally looks old and slow. 
The defense without Diggs is not the same. There's so Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence centric that if those two are not wrecking the game, they are gettable. And then you got the Eagles, who that secondary Swiss cheese. I don't care what anyone says. Darius Slay, Bradbury, they're old and slow. So what they do, they got in Kevin Byard, who is also old. So yeah, those secondaries can be had. It's just like, just can you take advantage? And I don't know if the Saints actually could, but those secondaries could be had. Libby says, I want the Saints to win no matter what. Do we need better coaching? Yes. I'm not going to wish for losses just to get rid of our coaches. I respect that. I mean, Long seasons. I, I don't like to root for losing here. And I'm just going to sit over here on the mic and complain. And no one wants that. T-Mama says, DC needs to find his players at the marks where needed. Uh, fair enough. I will say, though, because this goes with the uh, comment that, that Devin just brought up, and I agree with. Olave's got to stop going down without being touched. This is tackle football, not touch. I'm okay with him going down on certain plays, but he went down on a play where before the fourth and one that Derek Carr got stopped. He's got to know where the marker is. Got to catch that, turn around, get the first down. You can't just immediately go down. You got to know the down in situation, where you are on the field. So he's got to get better at that. So like, yeah, we could say DC's got to make better throws, but Olave's got to have better situational awareness in that spot. Houdat Nation 97, Jamal is getting more snaps when Taysom is in. People don't like it. It makes sense concerning these two did this at BYU together. All right, go back and watch Jamal Williams' pass block on the Taysom Hill touchdown pass. Lit up the defender. Lit him up. Derek says, this Sunday was pathetic. Five turnovers and struggle to win. Can't wait to barely go over 500 with the schedule and lose round one of the playoffs. Yes, that's good enough. I mean, that's that's my concern is if that's the goal. Boy, does it feel like it sometimes. But we'll see. Margaret says, just wondering, do you think that he was getting... Too much flowers and Olave was jealous, kind of like a digs thing. No, I don't think so. Olave and Shahid are boys. I mean, they've been boys since the rookie year. I think Olave just got in his head. Like, he was not on the same page with Derek Carr. The two of them both looked frustrated on the fields on Sundays and on that Thursday night game, of course. Uh, then you had the arrest. That's obviously not great for your psyche. That That's something that's going to play on your mind for a little bit. It was just a tough spot for him. And he's getting out of it. He sounds like he's getting out of it. And now it's all about him proving that he could have a big game. And I think he can again. It just hasn't happened. But the offense as a whole wasn't explosive yesterday, so it's hard to kind of pin on Olave or Shahid. But I don't think there's any friction in that locker room in the receivers. I think the receivers know they're good and like each other. Jasper says, we need to get Pete basketball, uh, basketball little brother at LSU or Tulane, LOL. Court Star says, these Saints can beat any team and lose to any team. I agree. They kind of play up to the competition, down to the competition which is not ideal, but a lot of teams do that. The Stewards are a very good example of that. Hatred's impression. Carmichael and Carr need to find a way to get Thomas the ball. I, you got to manufacture. You got to manufacture targets for Michael Thomas. You got to. I don't know how they don't. Houdat Nation 97 asks, round one would be versus either the Niners, Cowboys, or Seahawks. Thoughts? I think they could beat two out of those three teams. I think when the Niners are clicking, I just think there's going to be a coaching mismatch between. Shanahan and Dennis Allen, and you don't want to get into that. I think Pete being a defensive guy is actually a good thing for Dennis Allen being a defensive guy where you can maybe out ugly them. And for me, I think, you know, when it comes to the Cowboys, I don't think McCarthy's a good coach. And I think that Cowboys team is grossly overrated. So I'm not saying the Saints would because this current version of the Saints is not good enough to win a playoff game. I can't make that clear enough, but there's still eight more games left to be played and you can get better and they do have the talent. If they played the Cowboys or the Seahawks, yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked if the Saints won that game. I'll tell you what, no one would be picking them. 
which would make me feel better about picking the Saints to win that game. And I think for me, is Geno Smith significantly better than Derek Carr? No. Honestly, I don't even know if he's better than Derek Carr. And then it comes down to Dak. When Dak is on, like yesterday, Dak is definitely better than Derek Carr. But the questions we have about Derek Carr are similar questions people have about Dak is, can he win the big game? Can Mike McCarthy coach the Cowboys to a big win in the playoffs? I have no idea. I don't think Dennis Allen could do it, but I probably don't think Mike McCarthy could do it either. So those games would probably be a good spot for them. T-Mama says, uh, these, uh, they must find a way to get MT involved more. I agree. There's no excuse to have no, basically no targets for him until the fourth quarter. Jasper says, if Dak has the Cowboys as a contender, Derek Carr can have the Saints as a contender. We'll see. I mean, look, Derek Carr has had good years. The problem is right now, it's the inconsistencies because he balled out last week and then he balled out in the first half this week and then the second half was bad. So it's like, you need consistency in this league. You're not getting it. But then, you know, you watch Sunday night and you see guys like Burrow, you see guys like Josh Allen, and it just seems like they're playing in a different league. Jamal says Dennis Allen will be back because he all he has, because uh, all he has to do is make Carmichael and Joe Woods the scapegoat. scapegoat. I mean, I wouldn't make Woods the scapegoat. I actually think what Woods has done with the secondary has been great. And yeah, maybe Carmichael, they go, oh, maybe you need a new play call. That's all you need, which bullshit. But yeah, and again, I don't think he's going to get fired, guys. I, I want to make that very clear. DA will be back, says Team Mom. I agree. Court Star, what is it about DA's scheme that Russian quarterbacks always do well against us? Uh, you know, he doesn't like to use a QB spy, which is not great. And then the second part is this pass rush is slow. They are slow, 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 and it's a problem. Houdat Nation 97 says Marshawn and Paulson, best quarterback tandem in the league? Question mark. Yes. Like you can't, you can't deny it anymore. Paulson Adebo would be a cornerback, a starting cornerback number one. Number one corner for a lot of teams. He's the number two. And I said yesterday, my analogy is Marshawn Lattimore is the deadly cleanup hitter with Paulson Adebo being the really, really good number five hitter. And when you intentionally walk the cleanup hitter because you want to pitch around him, so in this case, you don't want to throw towards Lattimore, you're going to throw towards Adebo, you better know there's a good chance that ball is coming back the other way. Because he's got the opportunities to make the big plays like he did yesterday, and he took advantage. But yeah, Lattimore and Paulson, that is a deadly cornerback tandem for the Saints. They've been fantastic. And if they're going to go somewhere, it's going to be because of the secondary. The secondary takes away the football at a ridiculous clip this year, tied for first in the NFL. And Adebo, like you guys said, he put on a clinic. He was great. Adebo was fantastic. Best game as a Saint for him, no doubt about it. Uh, but yeah, that feels like a pretty good point to leave off here. Do I think the Saints can contend right now? No. But there's eight games left. And I am happy they won yesterday as opposed to losing and figuring out what the hell went wrong. You'd rather figure out what the hell went wrong and win and go from there. Saints-Vikings next Sunday. Uh, we will have a pregame kind of um, preview show for it to discuss. I think it's going to be a huge game, their biggest game in a couple of weeks. And then that could determine where they're at. Six and four going into the bye is pretty damn good for the Saints given where they've been this season if they could get there. But obviously they got to get that win. But that's going to wrap it up here us on this Monday edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast. I want to thank you guys, as always, for leaving your thoughts, comments, questions, concerns, predictions, all that. You guys make this easy for me. And stay tuned for more content coming up this week, maybe either Wednesday or Thursday, for the preview show uh, here on the Straight Up Saints podcast. But that's going to do it. And make sure to subscribe to Buku Media's YouTube page for more content like this in the future. And don't want to miss anything from the Straight Up Saints podcast, the destination for the Huda Nation. Enjoy your victory Monday, everyone.